Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, and uh, today, what an exciting day. How to coach other people. Now, I do run a program on this. Where I'm not going to pretend for one single minute that this is something you can learn in 30 seconds, but I think it's really wise that we cover it in the 30-day challenge. Um, let me just put my recording, uh, my uh, uh, app on uh, shut up, whatever that's called. Uh, do not disturb. There we go. One hour and we can continue. All right. Well, sorry for the little break there. Uh, firstly, let's go through what today is all about. A leader must be one with the earth. Now, there's nothing more important than to be grounded as a leader. If you're caught uh, in fantasy or caught uh, rattling on about possibilities, uh, that's fantastic. That's the etheric side of yourself. And a visionary is something we all want to be near. I'm a visionary. You're a visionary. We've all got that aspect to our personality. And a visionary person talks totally in the realms of possibility. It's, a, it's sort of like a dream world. And that's what you did during your vision quest. You went into, and if you did the juice cleanse at the same time as doing your vision quest, you became very etheric. Now, there are five elements in our constitution. Earth, water, fire, air, ether. Ether is the visionary part. Ether lives off uh, uh, lettuce leaves. Uh, basically, it lives off rabbit food. There we go. And the etheric part of your nature is very important. Now, if you're not highly etheric by nature, which means very tall, um, it means you need to push yourself into that space for periods in the day. Now, I would say a, a relatively short person, person of low altitude, as we call it, um, would be able to do half an hour a day uh, celebrating their etheric nature. But any more than that, they'll become exhausted. A person who's really tall and thin may not have a lot of earth in their constitution, which is more a square body shape and a more person who's closer to the, to the ground than an etheric person. An earth person can sit there all day and do uh, spreadsheets and accounting and uh, number crunching and they're great at property development and they're great at renovating the house. The earth person can thrive in that world all day, every day and never get tired. But an etheric person who hasn't got a big petrol tank in the earth department might be best to limit that amount of that work they do in their day to an hour. And an earth person would eat red meat, uh, uh, potatoes, <laughs> Uh, really solid grounding food. So if an etheric person is going to do an hour a day or more than an hour a day of earthy type of work, um, then they need to possibly change their diet so that their diet matches their work. And my belief is we need to eat for our work, not eat for anything else in life. We eat for flavor, we eat for taste, we eat for nutrition, we eat for things. But 
we really need to eat for our work. If, you're an, if you want to do some air work, which is like doing a presentation, communication, it's much more grounded than etheric because an etheric person, you never understand 10 words they get out their mouth because they're off with the pixies. And so a communicator who's trying to connect the dots and we call it multitasking quite often, but really it's nothing more than being an entertainer, reaching out and communicating with multi uh, levels of ears and multi levels of eyes and multi levels of t taste. That uh, uh, air person needs to eat more uh, down into the earthy spectrum of food and therefore be more involved with food that is like a vegetarian diet or chickens or fishes. So it comes down off the eat like a rabbit with the, with the ether tall person. The next level down, which is a shorter, still thin person, would have a thin bone person, would be eating m m more vegetarian. And therefore, a vegetarian diet's not good for an earth person and a, a meat diet's not good for an air person. So it's really important to know your constitution based on the bone structure, which was there at birth, which you could have determined right at the second you were born, or probably in the last three months before you were born, we could have worked out what is your constitution. A fire person who loves marketing, loves change programs, who loves uh, adrenaline, who really gets off on the, the fire and the brimstone and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the sparks, the fire person will be more likely to eat fiery type of foods. Alcohol will become quite attractive to a fire person because it's a stimulant, coffee, and all these other things. And so if you're doing a lot of marketing work, doing a lot of sales, doing a lot of work that involves change, radical interactive change, which is in some senses confrontational, or sales, which is highly um, um, uh, interactive, these sorts of, at a singular level, these sorts of jobs and marketing require a fire constitution. Now, fire constitution people are built with moderate bone structure, but they're built with a really good physique, no matter if they train or don't train. So they're sort of built in what we call the triangular shape. And a fire person needs to maintain the fire food. So what is healthy for a fire person is really unhealthy for an earth or an ether person. The water person, on the other hand, if we go down, is really cool when it comes to caring and nurturing. A water person is uh, like an Oprah Winfrey, uh, will try all sorts of fancy diets and get really skinny and then get fat again. Now, it's not fat as such, it's just they carry a lot of water, which is a lot of energy around giving and nurturing and caring and loving and kindness. So instead of judging ourselves as overweight or uh, not in the right perfect shape that we want to look in the mirror and see, maybe we should say, I've put on some water around my body to protect myself as, or to give more nurturing in a time where I couldn't get out during COVID. I have to give more nurturing because the kids are around a lot more than they were. And that water therefore has a function and therefore we're not judging ourselves for putting on a few kilos or even 10 kilos, whatever it is, during the COVID time, because that, if we're not a water person, we'll put the water on in order to be doing more nurturing in the day. And if we are a water person, we'll probably be about the same weight as we were and thriving during COVID because that's what we love to do. We love giving, 
and caring and nurturing all day, every day. But an etheric person starts to nurture all day, every day. They'll burn out after about an hour and a half. They'll get really sick of it and they'll start screaming and shouting at the kids, trying to make the kids uh, toe the line and be very disciplined because the ether person's running out of petrol. So you can see that every person has every quality. But a leader must have a part of their constitution, their earth. They must have that on board. They need to have the nurturing part. They certainly need the fire because if you can't sell, you can't lead. They need to have the etheric, the, the air part of their constitution completely on board because what is leadership but communication? And ultimately, they need to have be in touch with their etheric nature, which is their visionary, their, the stuff you did during the 30-day challenge that for a couple of days, for a couple of nights, you spent, set, sat outside looking up at the stars saying, where am I going to be in five years' time, or three or four or five, and practicing the skill of communing in that etheric part of yourself. So a, a leader has to break down the barriers that keep them separated from the natural world so that there's no inner or outer confusion. That means a leader has to own all five of the elements of their constitution so that they can relate to the water people, relate to the earth people, relate to the fire people, relate to the air people, relate to the ether people, relate across all five areas, but not try to emulate them all because that won't be their natural constitution. The prime source of understanding must come to them from the earth because this is where ground zero is. This is the basics of business. It's the basics of leadership. You have to be grounded in the earth, which is the mathematics and the logic and the principle of money manifestation. Their prime source of understanding must come from the earth, but they must realize that they're nothing more than a vessel of the earth to guide others. They listen to their heart, and the heart is the fire, source of the fire in our body. They listen to their heart, and not just think with their head, which is primarily the source of our etheric nature, and they truly care for people, which is in their belly, which is their water element. They love their enemies, for they believe no matter what they send out, so too will they get it in return. He, she, it, they, them care toward the land and their brothers and sisters, and this is a powerful driving force because good people make good leaders. They are not only a leader of people, but a leader of animals, plants, and the earth. Their power can be felt in, their, in the love they have for life and the faith they have in the world of creation, including all of nature. When people ask me what I'd change if I lived my life all over again, there's really only one thing, and I'd remove any angry or harsh words that I've thought or spoken with intent. So I'd just focus on four great virtues. I'd focus on kindness, joyfulness, equanimity, and compassion. So that would be what I'd change. I would change anything that I did with intentional harm, especially words I spoke. The intellect, which humans very often confuse with wisdom, is only an external structure, a bridge to wisdom. Wisdom is that which is learnt from within, whereas intellect is that which is acquired from without. And the method of learning used to obtain wisdom is not the same as the method used to become educated in intellect. 
I worked with a guy, we traveled around the world, and he'd read tens of thousands of books. And if anybody mentioned a particular book, whether it was an encyclopedia, the Bible, or any book on earth, he could go to, in his mind, go to a certain page of a certain book and recite what was written on the page. That's how clever he was in his intellect. However, take him into nature, take him into the bush, take him into uh, an, uh, an environment where um, common sense and wisdom was required. He would still have to reach out to those books in order to understand how to behave in those environments. Leaders know from within what happens for ourselves and others that causes no harm and that therefore is really powerful. This is a great awakening because there's often a need to make a choice, our pleasure versus the happiness of others. And when this is no longer a compromise, a person has found their path. This is all to do with our intent. To give happiness to others unconditionally without sacrificing our own happiness requires enormous self-awareness. One must achieve the highest state of self-contentment before it's possible. In this giving, there is no wanting anything in return, no attachment, no sense of pride, or no loss or gain because, because you become, at first, you become full, and then there's no need for return. In this, the individual must feel abundance, and then there's plenty to spare. Giving joy, giving happiness, means removing suffering from others. Giving joy, giving happiness, means removing suffering from others. And this is the highest of services to humanity. The key to this is we must be happy first, satisfied, content in ourselves. If we are not happy, content with our lives, and we don't know how to stay that way, then the purpose of our giving which is so often the case, unfortunately, is to make ourselves happy by making other happy. This makes huge trouble and definitely is not the definition of leadership. All the great leaders who've delivered on this earth have, have set removing the suffering others as their highest standard. And I think we can do this in business. Steve Jobs, David Beckham, a leader must take people to where they want to go. All too often, the leader is taking people to where the leader wants to go. And therefore, they're playing all sorts of tricks to convince people that it's a good idea. This is not leadership. A good leader finds out people where, where people want to be and takes them there. And in return, they get loyalty. So it becomes really important that we have a clear and honest and, and absolutely vivid intent. If our intent is clean to remove the suffering of others and we do something that hurts somebody like giving them the sack at work or telling somebody no I'm not coming to your Christmas party or no I'm not going to do what you ask or yes I'm going to go there or no I'm not going to do what you said. If the intent is actually to remove the suffering of that person by you not turning up by you firing them and to say, you, you need to suffer no more. You need to go find a job where you are more wanted than here. Our intent is pure, even though the person might not like, in inverted commas, us. So great leaders don't invent the future. They find out pe where people want to go and then show them how to get there.
I think this is an amazing discovery. And if you want to be a leader and find out what people want, how to get it for them, start helping them. You'll be a leader overnight, and it's relatively easy to do if you can flip the coin. I've put on your day-to-day -day a, a sheet called the LCM example. Now, the LCM example, you can open it on the, on the page of today's 30-day challenge, is one of the pages from coaching others training program that I do. I teach people how to coach other people. I say, coach them up or out. And that is a good intent, because what we're trying to do is help people evolve. Coach them up, in other words, become more productive, more uh, better stress managed, better, ability, better able to handle the pushback that life delivers, better uh, resilience, better things that we've done in the 30-day challenge. How do you coach others to have this? That's uh, so important in the world of coaching. And if your intent is pure and you're able to deliver this, you will be followed and respected as a great leader. So the, the, the coaching program teaches leaders how to coach others. If a person, if you say to a person, I would like to coach you to improve your performance, and they say, no, thank you, you're not their leader. They are just being paid by you to turn up. And that might be a point at which you say, I either coach you up or out. Because if you can't lead somebody, there's no use them working with you. That is going to be a dead end road and it's going to lead to tr pain and suffering. So if you have a look at that, uh, the 30-day intro to coaching others, the LCM example, if I was coaching somebody in a business sense, what I would do is go to earth. And earth simply means put it down on paper, right? Be logical. And I would go to earth as a leader and I'd say, you know what, I would like to give you a coaching session. Not every week, not every month, not every day, not every year. I just want to give you one now. Let's see how you're going. And I would do this as sort of a, an exercise in coaching others. And the way I do it is I, I list the team traits. The examples that I've written down are like can-do attitude, accuracy, alertness, job knowledge, product ability, ability to communicate, team cooperation and support, quality of work, productivity, responsibility and accountability, consistency, data confidentiality, initiative and drive, self-development, creativity, job confidence, offers solutions, accept feedback, integrity, adaptability. And I would hand that sheet of paper to the person I'm gonna coach and say, would you go home and tonight and fill that sheet in by scoring yourself between one is really shitty and 10 is really good on each of the qualities. I would then sit down with the same sheet of paper, although I've put two columns here to suggest that I would fill out my scores after I've received back their scores. I wouldn't do it that way. What I would do is write down on a separate sheet of paper with the same uh, qualities, uh, in other words, a duplicate copy, I would write down my scores. And then I would meet with that person for the first time and put the both sheets on the paper and compare them. Compare what I think, compare what they think. Now, if I'm the leader, what I think will typically be better than what they think. Now, this requires a bit of trust. And so it's a, it's a fun process because firstly, if they score themselves really, really high all the way down, they're shitting themselves, you're gonna come in and condemn them. And you may have to look in the mirror at your leadership style.
But if a person comes in really honestly with this and they know the purpose of it is a coaching session, not anything to do with HR, not anything to do with pay, not anything to do with their promotion, it's to do with coaching that person up, then they'll be fairly honest. And people are usually harsher on themselves than we are. Now, why do you think that is? Why are people harder on themselves than we are? Well, the answer is really good. The answer is because they know their potential and they know they know how they're scoring relative to their potential. And we always underestimate a person's potential. We always work on reality, what we're witnessing as their potential. So we might say a person is operating in a seven out of 10 compared to what we think is their potential. And they might say, I'm operating four out of 10 because my potential is way more than you can expect. It's such a cool piece of work. So in the third column on the sheet, it asks you whether you agree or disagree. Now, if, if the person you're coaching says they're a 10 and you say they're a one, then you have to get an arbitrator into that topic. You might ask a third person to have, uh, give their opinion as, because sometimes we have a judgment on somebody and it's not founded. But usually what you'll find is the scores are within a couple of points. And if one says four and the other person says six, just pop it into a five, right in the middle of the socket there, right in between. So you just have, you go through these things and agree on the scores. And that in itself is coaching. Because there's got to be a collaboration between the person you're coaching and you at the starting point of coaching. There needs to be an agreement that says, are you suffering? Are you not suffering? Are you struggling? Are you not struggling? Are you doing well? Are you not doing well? Are you on target? Are you not? And we call that the VIP score, right? You remember that. So now we have another way of doing the VIP score, but specifically compartmentalized into the workplace. So we go down these scores. Now here comes the, the beautiful part of this. You get down to a, a, a couple of questions. Firstly, when a person's below, I scores them, when your agreed score is below four, below three or four, there's trouble. And there needs to be coaching on that point because these team qualities are not compromisable. These work qualities are not compromisable. So there needs to be a, a coaching process put in place to get anybody who's around a, a zero to four, I think zero would be goodbye, thanks very much, but a one to four, anywhere in that pocket, I would say is coachable up, coach them up. And if that person refuses to be coached up in a one to four, you would say, then I think, you know, this is not going to end well. The coaching can be on career uh, guidance as well as in uh, their performance in the team. From four up till eight, what you're going to say to that person, let's say from six till eight up in the higher end, you say, if you're so good at that and you've got that much potential, how could I use that quality in you more, more in the workplace? Because I'm seeing someone with a lot of potential and they're scoring themselves very high, but I'm not using it enough. How could we use that more? And so what it is, it's, it's about asset management. The asset is the capability of that person that's not being utilized. Because if a person's really in the pocket, really being sort of supported in challenge in the workplace, they're gonna land somewhere on this chart between five and six. They're gonna land supported and challenged. 
they're going to see themselves as doing great but could do better. Doing great but could do better. If they get six up till 10, there's an asset that's not being used properly. It's not being challenged. If they get between zero and, and, and four, somewhere down the bottom end of the barrel, there's work to be done. There's coaching to be done to help that person. So that's the, basically the next, those two next questions. So we get down then to filling out this overall score and agreed scores. And, um, and what we say is if a person scores, if the scores a person gets are all up 100%, like in other words, what's the potential? They're really close to that. They are eight and tens out of the whole, uh, all the list. Then, then that person's enlightened and they shouldn't be at work at all. If they get 90 to 100%, they're in a state of complete delusion because they, they, they're perceiving that they're in perfection and there is no such person on the planet. Um, 80 to 90, I'm not being challenged. 40 to 80, as I've just said, is just being a human being and coming to work and doing your best, support and challenge. Improvement it is easy from 25 to 40 and below 25%. If the scores are down threes and twos all the way down the list, there's a lot of confusion as to whether this person really wants to have this job or not. And they certainly need to be coached by the leader up or out. I've written down on the sheet below that what I define as some of these, uh, as the definition of some of these qualities, but that's just random stuff. With this one, we did it with Citibank. And what we did is we workshopped all these qualities that they said were what they'd like to be judged on and measured by. And they wrote down the definitions of them. And I've just uh, plagiarized that. Uh, I, I sold this to uh, Citibank for $180,000 in New York back in the old days. And it, it is actually has worked a treat. Now, there are many versions of this that you'll see out there. I think this one is spectacular. I, I, I've seen it work. I've put it into place. And I think alongside a commitment as a leader to bring joy, to bring groundedness, to bring reality as well as the, 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 the caring of the water element, as well as the fire of marketing and sales, as well as the air and, uh, of communication and multitasking and multi-awareness and multi-ability to multi-skill across the platform of all the areas of, of work. And last but not least, the etheric nature in us all, which is to visualize and, and imagine a future and share that imagination with our team. We can become a whole human being. We can have all, all five elements of our constitution on board, and yet we know our constitution. We know which one we are strongest in, and so we lean in that direction. We use that all for a seven out of the eight working hours a day. We make sure we don't spend all day in the lower constitutions that we're not strong in. Now, how do you work out your constitution? The answer is not by personality. It's one of the most beautiful things on earth to realize that this constitution conversation we're having here today about earth, water, fire, air, ether is about your bone structure. And you can tell it in a person's face. If you ask, I will send you my um, PowerPoint presentation that I did for a teaching group in New Zealand where I demonstrated how to, how to uh, determine your own constitution. And I'll also send you the book, Be In Your Element. However, the fastest way to do it is get on screen with me on the camera during your last coaching sessions 
of this 30 days and ask Chris, what's my constitution? And I'll tell you, that'll save you a lot of time. Okay, have a beautiful day. This is Chris. Bye for now.